This is Brain Burrito, your faculty development wrap-up at JCCC. Well, good afternoon, Johnson County Community College, and welcome to another edition of the Brain Burrito, your faculty development wrap-up. This is Robbie Miller, recruiter here at Johnson County Community College, and I'm joined by my co-host. Farrell Hoijanab, Director of Faculty Development. All right. Well, it's been a while since we've kind of been here, so Happy New Year to everybody. And even though we're not in the month of January anymore, I still thought that would be nice to say that to all of our faithful listeners here. Um, today is February 11th, and today we are going to be discussing um, Black history. Since it is Black History Month, we thought that would be a great topic to kind of cover for this edition of the Brain Burrito. And so we actually, we do have a special guest here with us. Um, it's a professor here on campus that is going to um, answer just a few questions that we have kind of about, about black history and kind of some other things. I don't want to give too much away. So we'll go ahead um, and let him introduce himself. Um, so can you tell us your name and what you teach here on campus and how long you've been here at Johnson County Community College? I'm Jim Liker. I'm professor of history and I've been the chair of the history and political science department at JCCC for the last six years. And I've been teaching history in higher education for a total of 28 years. Longer than some of your listeners have been alive. So. <laughs> okay, well, thank you um, for being with us today. And can you kind of just give us a little bit of background about yourself in terms of your um, education, um, what you've studied, um, where you attended school, and what type of degrees that you have? That's a long question. Um, <laughs> I won't take you too far back. I actually went to a small little country school in western Kansas. When I started my formal education, there were four kids in my sixth grade class and I was the only boy. Um, so I came out of a very, very rural background. Eventually I did a bachelor's degree in history at Fort Hayes State University. I'm sorry, I take that back. I went, I did a, a business administration degree at Fort Hayes State, went back and obtained a master's in history from there. And then I did my doctoral work at KU, the University of Kansas. Credentials, I've worked in black history and generally the history of American race relations for over 20 years. So I teach a course here every fall in African-American studies. Um, at my previous institution, I taught classes in race in America and race in Latin America. And I've, I've written a fair amount on the subject. So I've got two books published and several articles on the topic. So how did you go from business to history? Because you said your undergrad was in business and then your master's? Yeah, that's quite a transition. <laughs> I think like everybody at the age of 18, my dream was to get rich and I thought a business degree was the fastest way to achieve that. I went out there into the workforce for several years. Yeah, it was moderately successful, but I realized the life of a salesman really wasn't for me. I didn't really have that kind of personality. Looking back, I was always enamored of the classes that I took in the social sciences. Maybe this is more than you want to know, but I grew up around older people and I was especially raised with the stories of my parents and grandparents who farmed wheat during the Dust Bowl back in the 1930s. And so I always felt like I had a better connection to the past than other people my own age. So I was always kind of a fan of history. I, I guess I was in my late 20s before I realized that, hey, there are actually people who make a living doing this. And so when I was looking for a career change, I went back to school with the idea of being, I had a vague plan of being a high school social studies instructor. And along the way, I realized teaching adults was more to my liking. And so 
I committed toward a master's and eventually a PhD in history. So would you kind of describe yourself as the term an old soul? Like people say sometimes for someone who maybe identifies with the past more or people who maybe are a little older than them versus their own generation? It's probably for others to say whether I'm an old soul <laughs> or not. I, I can tell you I, I think I feel older than my age most of the time and I, I probably always felt more of a relation to older people than perhaps people my own age. So if, if that's how a historian is born, maybe that's maybe that's what went wrong. I don't know. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. So I think you may have touched on this briefly, but what are some courses that you currently teach here? And then what are some courses that you have taught in the past? I think you kind of touched on that. Yeah, I teach African American studies once a year. I could teach it more, but I only teach it in the fall at present. I teach classes in U.S. history survey before and since the Civil War, one of each. I taught classes in Western civilization, which for us is a great books class. I occasionally teach classes in local in Kansas history and a class in the American West. So all of those are things on my regular curriculum schedule here at JCCC. And then kind of like at your previous institution, what did you teach? Or I think you kind of mentioned that a little bit. Um, I'm, a, I'm an American historian, so I've always taught U.S. history survey. I've taught classes in race in America. I used to teach surveys in the history of Latin America. And I've taught world history in the past as well. So a variety of yes. history-related mm-hmm. topics. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kind of switching gears a little bit, we'll, ta- we'll start talking a little more about black history. So just to kind of start out, so in your own words, how would you define black history? Well, when I teach the course African-American Studies on the very first night, I have my students engage a little with the question of the term black versus the term African-American. And I find a lot of my African-American students, surprisingly, are not all that happy with the term African-American. That, that term kind of comes out of the hyphenated identity movements since the 1960s. I think we may be looking at a day when black history courses and black history as a term is going to trump African-American because the term black, I, I think, maybe does a better job of describing the experience of people whose origins are in Africa. Mm-hmm. So today, scholars talk about an African diaspora of people who left Africa long ago, and you see blacks today all around the world. To say someone is African-American is to say they're black and living in the United States, but what does that really mean? They used to say that Obama was not a real African-American because his father came from Kenya, and so his ancestors weren't here during the periods that we normally associate with, quote, black history. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's certainly black. So you know, what do you and call African. someone? I'm sorry? And African. And African, yeah. Um, so what do you call someone who migrates here from the Caribbean or direct from Africa in the last few years? So I guess I would define black history as not just an American thing, but something that pertains to the history of African peoples all across the world. And they all do share something in common. There's been a history of discrimination, prejudice, but also triumphing over those things um, wherever we go. I can even say, um, as a black man myself, like, I never, sometimes I still don't know which term to, to use. It's right. kind of, sometimes it can be confusing because, I mean, I'm comfortable with saying I'm black, but then I'm also comfortable with saying that I'm African-American. But um, if I'm, maybe if I'm talking to another black person or another African-American person, they'll be like, don't say that. Like, <laughs> you're this or you're that. So even even now, sometimes it can still be a little confusing. And then I can only imagine how confusing it could be to someone who isn't black or who isn't African-American. And you're trying to figure out, well, 
what can I refer to you as when it comes to your ethnicity or your race? So it's it's definitely challenging because I think a lot of black people, they prefer one or the other or like me. I, I can do both. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't really matter to me. But at the end of the day, I just always want to be respectful to both terms because I feel like I can identify with both. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that'll that seems like it can be a never ending battle sometimes. That's Personally, I think. Go ahead, girl. I was going to say that's interesting that you feel that tension mm-hmm. because as a white person, yeah, I do want to say what's not offensive. So I sort of alternate between. Personally, between I think. Sounds like you do also. I think people ought to be called whatever they want to be called, yes. but. The fact that we're already uncomfortable just by the very term, it, it's a sign of just how hard it is to talk about race, yeah. I think, yeah. in this country. Mm-hmm. You can always call me brown, too. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> or Robbie, I suppose. Or Robbie, yeah. Call you Robbie. <laughs> okay. So what would you say you enjoy most about teaching black history? And is there any part of teaching black history that is challenging for you? Clearly, as a white guy teaching in a suburban <laughs> college, um, teaching black history is always a little bit of a challenge. I, I tell students on the first night, now, there's nothing wrong with your eyesight. I mean, I am, I am white after all. It's not all that unusual. We have white professors teaching Native American studies. There are men at other institutions who teach classes in women's history. But it, it is a little bit of a challenge in that I want to be careful that I'm not trying to come off as an authority on things that I have no business representing myself as an authority on. I can teach people about what went on years ago, and I can teach them what sources to look at, and I can teach them what the major controversies are in the in the historical literature. What I obviously can't do is talk about what it's like to be black in America at this particular time. And so I, I try to take that class and let it be more student-driven, that um, students sort of learn from each other, both the, the whites and the blacks, the males and the females. As far as what I enjoy the most about it, you know, that course for me is so fun because every student who's there clearly wants to be there and is engaged with the material. All of us who teach in the general education side of the, of the college, we're sort of used to students who are in a class reluctantly because they're just there to fill a credit and, you know, they're, they're quick to drop the class if the work gets to be too much. But my, my class in African-American studies has never been like that. I'll, I'll get a few who will withdraw, but for the most part, they sincerely want to learn. And that's really the fun part. And they come to class having done the work, done the readings, ready to talk about it. They're going to perform at different levels, but at the same time, they're clearly interested. And when you've got a bunch of excited students, it's, it's fun for the professor. There's nothing worse than going in the front of a classroom with people who don't care that you're doing what you're doing. True. True. Do you encounter students who come with a preconceived, less than friendly attitude towards the content? Sometimes, sometimes mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. Although students like that usually won't sign up for a course mm-hmm. that's like what this I in the first place. Was, yeah. yeah. When I was in college, I took a few black history courses and I always went in nervous because sometimes I think just the content for me is strong, especially when you're talking about um, slavery or just even the civil rights movements. Like even now when movies come out about those topics, I kind of, and I talked to a lot of people about this, I kind of will steer away from watching them and people are like, why do you do that? And I'm like, because it's it's just hard to even look at something and even think that that wasn't that long ago or that this actually happened. But um, going back to the classes, so I was taught um, black history, or and I think one was called African, African-American Studies by a black man and then also by a white man. And both men, I mean, were amazing. 
I mean, I think the only difference, kind of like you touched on a little earlier, is that with my black professor, he could speak more about being black in America. But even with my white professor, I mean, I was just mind blown by just the history and just the knowledge that he had. And I was like, wow, like in someone telling you about your people. I mean, it was amazing to me. Like, it, I mean, that class was hard. Like, it was really hard. And he, um, they both definitely challenged me and my classmates. But it was just amazing being taught about your people by someone else. But it was still, to me, there was definitely a level of respect there. And I never felt like anything was crossed over, anything like that. Even, even myself and even my other fellow black classmates, we were always like, wow, this is, this is pretty awesome. And we took that in the summertime, too. So, you know, college <laughs> students in the summertime, you want to be doing something else. But it was pretty amazing. So, of course, everybody knows that February is Black History Month. When was Black History Month actually created? And do you know why it was created? I kind of do. Um, the idea for Black History Month was first proposed by a black historian named Carter Woodson back in the 1920s. He was part of a very slow-growing generation of black scholars that was gaining popularity and gaining numerical strength over the 20th century. But he proposed that since blacks had been omitted for so long from white history textbooks, that perhaps a separate week should be set aside for the studying of black history. He proposed a week. Eventually, that expanded into a month. And then I think it was somewhere after the 1960s, after the Civil Rights Movement, and um, the Black Power Movement that Black History Month really became a thing. And there's, a, there's some discussion among folks today is it still needed. Mm -hmm. um, that's something we can talk about if you want. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, because I hear that mm -hmm. a lot. Like some people, I mean, I, I mean, just every day, you'll hear people say, well, why do we still need to have a, a whole month devoted to black history? I think we talk about it enough. And then other people are like, no, we need it. We Actually, we need longer than a month. People need to know this. And I think also just as a black person, I think the more generations that are coming along, I think there's definitely the need and the want for kids and children to understand our history. And then I think that if you eliminate something like that, then they won't be able to understand the struggle, the achievement, the excellence, how all of that has come together. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's been a, a, a battle that I've heard just growing up. I'm only 28, but I mean, I would always hear that. Every, I still hear that every single year, people saying, why are we still celebrating this? And other people saying, why wouldn't we celebrate it? So, Well, there are still American history textbooks out there. Um, they're aimed more at high school audiences than college, which say that slavery was a positive thing. Yeah. Um, and then there are other books that say that, well, they pretty well just ignore the African-American experience altogether. So, I mean, the battle hasn't been won. Probably the best argument that I've heard for not having Black History Month comes from some of my um, friends who work in the field um, who are themselves black, and they say, well, you know, for me, every day is Black History Month. It's 365 days out of the year. And people like myself and others who are, you know, getting to be known in this part of history, we, we know about every year around late January, early February, we're going to start getting the calls for interviews like this. Right. <laughs> um, and then the rest of the year, it's kind of an um, empty silence. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I guess one argument for getting rid of it, not that I believe this, but I, I can respect it, is that you're, 
you're kind of doing to history what used to be done to blacks themselves. You're segregating it. You're compartmentalizing it into one month and saying, okay, that's what you get. And by the way, you get the shortest month. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think there's anything about February conspiratorially chosen for that purpose, but nonetheless, people notice it. For myself, I come down to the argument that we still need it. Naturally, we should be thankful for everything every day, and we shouldn't need Thanksgiving, but we have it. We should every day remember the efforts of hardworking people who built this country, but we don't, so that's why we have Labor Day. So for the time being, I think Black History Month is still a needed thing. Just talking about that made me think of one of my favorite hobbies or pastimes. So I'm a huge fan of professional wrestling. Like I've been a fan of wrestling my entire life, uh, specifically like um, World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE, and some people always say WWF, even though that is not the name anymore, but that's neither here nor there. It's WWE though. <laughs> but, I just learned this about Robbie last <laughs> week, that he's a wrestling fan. <laughs> but um, I, I've been noticing the last few weeks on the WWE website that they've been highlighting their black performers and they've been doing this for the last couple of years and you know I see the performers every week I see them every month when I'm watching it but it is kind of awesome to see them highlighted in this different kind of light because you know after a while you do kind of forget that that you know that person looks like you you know that person may have the same background as me or the same story as me and it's like you're getting to see that representation on television every single week so I mean, for me, it, it's amazing kind of looking at that because you kind of forget, you're like, wow, like you don't forget that they're black, but you just kind of forget about that connection that you have because you both are black and you can see yourself in those superstars. So they've been doing kind of videos about these superstars, taking pictures of them. And it's just been awesome to see that. And I've even also seen that with U.S. Bank, the, just them kind of highlighting um, black people and Black History Month. So... For me, it's like, it's kind of a nice reminder, I think, of a black excellence. And then I think I hear black women say black girl magic. Mm -hmm. I've heard that term too. And so I, I, kind of, I like seeing that stuff because you, you, kind of, you kind of forget that some days when you're just on the hustle and bustle of life and things like that, that it's a reminder that you should celebrate those things and you should celebrate your people and your past and all of that. So it just reminded me of that when we started talking about that. It's a good argument to preserve <laughs> So kind of going more kind of with history, there are a plethora of prominent black men and women that are, that are discussed a lot during Black History Month. So we have amazing people such as Sojourner Truth, um, Phyllis Wheatley, um, Madam C.J. Walker, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., and much more. So is there a particular person or persons that stand out to you in reference to Black History Month? One name that I'm always disappointed never gets mentioned in the litany of prominent individuals is W.E.B. Du Bois, mm -hmm. who was a prominent black scholar. Um, he wrote a book in 1903 called The Souls of Black Folk, which was considered the first piece of black pride literature. He collected sorrow songs that had been written, well, sung by slaves out in the fields. Um, he, it was the first pioneering work of social science that was devoted to the study of black people in America. And he was just this prominent intellectual and philosopher. He edited a newspaper for decades called The Crisis, which was read in middle-class African-American homes all over the United States. He lived a long time. He was born in 1868, died in 1963. At the end of his life, he actually converted to communism 
because he concluded that capitalist countries would never offer true racial equality, left the United States, moved to Ghana, and that's where he died at the age of 95. So he was around from the time shortly after the Civil War to King's Great March on Washington. And if anybody, I think, deserves credit for there being a Black History Month more than Carter Woodson, it was W.B. Du Bois. He wrote an essay a day, we estimate, for every day of his long life. And to me, it's maybe I have an appreciation for him being a fellow scholar and hopefully intellectual. He didn't lead civil rights marches. He didn't do the dramatic things that get your picture in the newspaper like Rosa Parks and King did. But he laid that intellectual foundation for all of those people to do the things they did. So I guess for me, Du Bois has a special place in my heart. I assign his book in class every year, and students really don't like Souls of Black Folk because it's over 100 years old and it's full of all this technical jargon. And I said, nah, sorry, I'm a <laughs> you have to read it anyway. <laughs> you, can't get, you can't come out of this class without reading Souls of Black Folk. Um, kind of lastly here, kind of wrapping up, how do you envision black history being celebrated going forward into the future? Do you think that it will continue to be celebrated in February? Will we continue to see the history of black people in America celebrated? And then kind of, there's a, a lot to this question. Um, will we continue to celebrate the excellence that many black people achieve and work towards daily? Or will we see like another shift? And this is just kind of an opinion question. Mm -hmm. So there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I absolutely think it's going to continue to exist. I think February will continue to be Black History Month. I, I do think we're going to have to, as a country, reconsider the way we think about black history because for us the familiar topics are slavery, Jim Crow, civil rights. We're seeing more migrants to the United States now directly from Africa and from the Caribbean. And for them, those stories don't really have any real punch. Their ancestors weren't here for that. Their histories are in other parts of the world. So I, I guess I feel about black history in America like I feel about any kind of American history, that we're going to have to open up our borders a little and start incorporating the stories of people who come here from all over the world. So for me, black history in the future is going to have to incorporate recent immigrants. It's going to have to include things that are, have happened in Africa since the end of colonialism. There's a growing black population in China today that, um, yeah, <laughs> Australia, India. So, you know, we're, we haven't even begun really to focus on those parts mm -hmm. of the world and how the black experience has worked in those places. The largest percentage of black people in any country, I believe, is in Brazil. And Brazil, Afro-Brazilians, they would be called. That's a whole different history, different trajectory. They had slavery longer than we did in the United States. And yet there's also a much greater tradition of intermarriage with whites and what what we call black is very different from what they call black because you'd be very light-skinned in Brazil and still be considered black. So I, I just think we need to, Amer as Americans, whites and blacks, I think we need to look at how race has played itself out in other places and other times. Interesting. What's your answer to that question, Ravi? I think it'll still be a mixture of all of it, and I think it should be. I love, I think history is definitely important. It's good to know where you came from and where you started and just things about what people went through that were here before you. But I also, I love seeing the things that go on today. Like I said about WWE and U.S. Bank and other organizations as well, highlighting 
black excellence. That's the term that I think a lot of black people we like to use. We like excellence or black girl magic. I like both. I really Mm -hmm. like the magic term a lot. Mm -hmm. I think that's really nice. But I I think it's going to continue to be a mixture of both. But I never thought about what Professor Lacker just said about the other um, black immigrants from other parts of the world and being more inclusive for them, too, about black history, because their history may be, well, it is different from ours in America. So I definitely will be looking forward to seeing the inclusion of that as well. I'm a history major myself, and the history that I learned back in the 80s is a lot different than what our history faculty here are teaching now. And in fact, my daughter took a history class last semester, the survey, up to 1877, I think it is. And just what she learned, stuff I didn't know and was fascinated to learn, and I'm so grateful that she has that as a foundation of her knowledge, and we all need to have that. So I'm really appreciative that we're providing that at JCCC. Well, thank you, Professor Thank Laker. you, Robin. Thank you, Carol. And Thanks for coming. Thank you to everyone who celebrates Black History Month and celebrates just anybody in general. I was just talking to someone the other day about how you can just celebrate a person. And so, you know, just thank you to every, like I said, everybody who celebrates Black History Month and celebrates just people in general. We should learn to celebrate one another more. And I will tell you, the Black Student Union has got some uh, activities planned for, awesome. for the month, so be on the lookout for those. All right. All right, Johnson County Community College, have a great day.